Take your Bibles, if you would, and go with me to the book of Acts. To a verse you've already read so many times tonight. Um, but I'm going to talk to the deacons here just a few minutes uh, before we lay hands on them. I'd like first to say thank you to the parents. Um, it was stated in the time of challenge with the uh, young men that you can tell a man's spiritual walk often by looking at his wife. And that was stated very clearly and very succinctly, very well. I can also say you can tell a lot about a man and a woman or, uh, or tell a lot about their parents because of the way a man and a woman turn out. And I just say thank you. Thank you to Holly's family. Thank you to Andrew's family. Thank you for uh, Zach's family. And thank you for uh, the Shoemakes who have celebrated 39 years of wonderful wedded bliss. Amen. Let me fix this any way I can, see if I can get out of it. Uh, I really do thank you. I believe with all my heart that what you have done has made a difference, and it's honoring God. The most important ministry any of us can have outside of our personal walk with God would be how we lead and direct and guide our family. So I'm very, very blessed, and thank you very much for what you've done. Gentlemen, I've done a lot of ordinations over in my lifetime. I haven't ordained that many deacons. Um, uh, we have ordained more deacons here at this church than I did anywhere else in my ministry. And uh, I really have never taken time to pastor a church except the first church that I was in for eight years. I thought I'd be there my entire life. I told that church that I would, uh, was going to buy a grave spl uh, plot and be buried in Carlsville, Georgia. And uh, that was um, 33 years ago, 34 years ago. And I go back through there every now and then, drive by and see those little places where we started the church. And so I never really, all my life I've spent training young preachers. And somewhere along the way, I began to realize the need for good, godly deacons and good men that would take care of a church. I will be honest with you and say that in preacher language, usually deacons are not very well perceived because deacons, I did grow up Southern Baptist, but deacons are often the dominating force in a church and they dictate over the pastor. He's a hireling and they treat him that way. And that, uh, so I guess I might've had a little bit of that in me. My dad was one of those deacons. I remember very, very well one Sunday afternoon when my dad came home and, uh, he said uh, deacons had met and the pastor would be finding a new church. And uh, I remember thinking, uh, when did he decide that? And so I kind of asked it however stammeringly a teenager could. And he said, well, we just told him. Uh, we give him so many months and he best be finding a new place. And I also know of deacons that have withheld uh, tithes and offerings so they starved him out. I've also known pastors that were real bad words, and they have run deacons off and mistreated them, and I just praise the Lord that at Vision, we haven't had that, and that God has blessed, and there's been a sweet uh, spirit and a sweet relationship, and so I have ordained more deacons. I was praying for you two guys and thinking about it, and I have done tons of lessons on deacons since I've been here with you, and so I just wanted to talk to you and challenge you, and you would separate yourselves far enough that... I'll have to be cross-eyed to talk to you, but that's okay. Acts chapter 6 and verse 3, the Bible says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men 
And I think these are some of like the most awesome and heavy terms you could use. Of honest report, a good testimony, full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> now, that one's a big one. I mean, that means submitted to, indwelt, controlled, obedient, following God, fully committed. Be filled with the Spirit. Not, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And I think deacons are vitally important for us having a good ministry here. And I'm grateful that God's given you just, I want to give you five things real quickly. You can just write down straight out of this. Number one, I want to challenge you to constantly work on your testimony. I want to challenge you to constantly work on your testimony. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 3, it says, honest report. Honest report. Be in your place consistently and faithfully. Fulfill your ministry. You can't have honest report if you don't take care of your personal finances. I have no more preachers that mess up in money than I have deacons, but uh, I, when I consider take uh, honest report, I think take care of your finances. Honor God with your money by supporting your church and attempting to reach the world with the gospel by your giving. Uh, we're here as a church, and we pretty well declared it in front of everybody. Every time you walk in here, seeking God together in every verse and every line and every page, striving to proclaim him in every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. And so I would challenge you to work on your testimony. Be a part of making all that happen. Be a Bible reader and studier. A Bible reader and a studier. Um, I have known students that come to study with me, and I've known pastors, and I've even said, have you read your Bible through they haven't, they haven't read your Bible. I don't understand that. I was on a foreign mission field talking to a young missionary, and he said, I haven't ever read my Bible through. He said, I prefer theology books. I said, so you prefer your food regurgitated? You prefer somebody else to read it for you? And I said, I think I'd go to the primary source. If you've got educa education enough to know about theology, you should have education enough to know about reading the Bible. Amen. Share your faith. Share your faith. Uh, you can't really be of honest report if people don't know who you are. heard a preacher say years ago, if you're going to pick a guy to be a deacon or a preacher, go where he works and say you're thinking about doing it and ask him what they think. And if they all start laughing and say, you're making that guy a deacon, he said, you might not want to make him a deacon. If they say, don't want to ordain that guy to preach, don't. Live in moral and spiritual victory. I would say to you, two men, that since this church works with a lot of young men, Many young men battle with uh, pornography, marriage issues, and you're being placed in a position to have an honest report, to give an honest testimony, and to show them, no, we can live in victory. I think it's a little bit better you being so young and being the guy with an honest report because when these old guys do it, it's kind of like, okay, but you're young like them. I think it's great. Second thing I'd like to say to you is, Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Number two, be completely surrendered to the Holy Ghost of God. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Be controlled by the Spirit of God, not a sinful nature and not sinful desires. You know, full of the Holy Ghost, uh, that's not really speaking in tongues and, 
and swinging from chandeliers and bouncing around. It's being full of the Word of God. Being full of the Word of God, letting it, letting it permeate your body, letting it so infiltrate you that it takes over your thought processes. Don't let the world tell you how to think. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get your mind out of what Americans think and get your mind into what God thinks. Get your mind out of what people think and get your mind into what God thinks. Live in awesome respect. Fear the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom, that we would live in awesome respect. I mean, in all honesty, every person in this room ought to do this, but it's your night tonight. You don't make decisions without thinking, I wonder what he thinks. What does God want? What's the word say? That's what wisdom is, the fear of the Lord. Esteem the ministry of the word and prayer above the practical needs of the church. I have met people that get in the ministry and are so busy doing other things that they're marthering and no marrying. They like to set up tables and and uh, and, and 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 run all the other ministries and not get a hold of God and not let God work in their lives. Don't be Mary, Don't be Martha. Be Mary. You should know that story enough. Love and treat people well as the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're full of God's love. And if we ought to love people, it ought to come out. Constantly evaluate your wisdom and your thinking. Um, I want to read a verse to you. James 3.13. Who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, a good lifestyle, his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, Glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above. It is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good works, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. What a tremendous passage when you think about what it means to be wise and be full of the Holy Spirit. Number three, remember to serve. A point over this business. And for the sake of time, I won't even read the verses, but we're to live in humility. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is Philippians chapter 2. And in Philippians chapter 2, look not every man on his own things. Let this mind be in you. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient to death. Serve even in a menial task with no glory or applause. There's a little bit of conflict going on in the Spanish church right now. And uh, I walked by Jimmy the other day and I said, Jimmy, you only preach for one guy today. Jesus. That's who we preach for. People fussing and saying ugly things, preach for Jesus. You don't serve the church. You serve Jesus at his church, through his church. Number four, take this ministry seriously. First Timothy 3, 8, and I'm not going to go through all this, but be grave. Be serious-minded. Um. I think the majority of people 
think less and less of church, less and less of God, less and less of church. I think churches are cutting services, doing less. I think uh, sports is important. Well, money is important. Now, money, that's important. Politics, that's important. Power, that's important. Popularity, that's important. Spirituality, that's not very important. So a deacon of all people said, no, 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 no. This is important. This is important. And then the only other one I want to say to you tonight, you get these notes were sent out earlier today, so that's not something I'm just saying to you now, but be sincere in your speech and not double-tongued. Not double-tongued. Tell the truth. Be honest. Be honest with your brothers and, and the sisters in Christ. Love Jesus at home. Love Jesus at church. And 10 years from now or 20 years from now, I'll be long gone by then probably, but when somebody asks your kids, I hope they say, no, nah, daddy's the same guy at church he is at home. Daddy's the same guy everywhere. He loves Jesus. He ain't living a second life. It's for real with him.